Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. The NBA has handed down a suspension for LeBron James. He'll miss Tuesday night's game in New York. And meanwhile, new odds out on the next coach to be fired in the NBA. And it doesn't look good for Frank Vogel. All of that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, get you a new episode up to keep track of this soap opera that is the Los Angeles Lakers. want to let you know as well that this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or don't need. You can even know, negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about the uh, the Frank Vogel thing. Um, and uh, apparently, the Andy, the, the uh, question of whether or not Frank Vogel's job security is at risk has reached Las Vegas because the odds are out. And the answer apparently is yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, we, good. we've insisted this a lot, Brian, on recent shows. Uh, we are not uh, proponents necessarily of firing Frank Vogel, but in having this discussion, which has come up on a few shows, we're not making this shit up. Nope. <laughs> we're not, nope. we're, we're not nope. so desperate for content that we're going to pretend that a man's job is on the line. Oh, like, no, like, no, the Lakers, the, the team provides plenty. Like, we don't sure. have to gin up right. stuff around here. Exactly. To, you know, I mean, we're, so, yeah. yeah, we're not covering the magic, for God's sake. <laughs> Those guys got housed on Monday. Oh, I mean, seriously. Oh, my God. Look, we've been through a period where we had to make shit up to cover the Lakers. No, we this want, not no, it. we spent, yeah. nobody, nobody has wandered through the wilderness and their hosting duties yeah. attached to the Lakers more than these two. Yeah, I mean, we had, um, we had to spend like 15 minutes talking about Ronnie Price, for God's sakes. Uh, we'll get to all this stuff with Frank Vogel coming up as the show goes along. But let's start with LeBron James. Uh, the NBA, not surprisingly, I think, Andy, one game for LeBron for the punch slash elbow. It was sort of a, a, a both of those things to uh, to Isaiah Stewart in Sunday's game. I still don't think it was intentional. I do think it was reckless and the suspension was deserved. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was I was not surprised by what the NBA did on Monday. Were you? No, I, I wasn't. I, I said on Monday's show that I like you, didn't think it was dirty, but that word reckless, which by the way, came up in the NBA's official statement. Um, they said that LeBron has been quote, suspended one game without pay for recklessly hitting Stewart in the face and initiating an on-court altercation. Not quite sure that's exactly how it happened, but you never know what he actually said to Isaiah Stewart after initially looking like he was saying, oh shit, man, are you all right? Right. Um, but you know, he I mean, really like, Ooh, wait, yeah, cause so to me, it looked like Stewart had his arm, and yeah. uh, LeBron was trying to free it. But but, you but know, I you would still say, gotta be more careful. Yeah, I was gonna say I I think LeBron was definitely careless and reckless with this. You know, I I think it could have been appropriate to give LeBron a pretty hefty fine. Except I guess the problem being there's no such thing as a hefty fine when you're LeBron James. No. Um, but also too, you want to make sure if you're the league that you don't necessarily look like you are favoring the face of it particularly ahead of a nationally televised game in the Mecca, you know, where, where it just starts making it look like you are going out of your way to keep a guy that matters on the court where right. he should be punished. Well, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think it was a cosmetic suspension though. I don't, I don't think it was, but I think the league is going to be, I, I think the league is going to be cognizant of how everything will look. 
you know, right. along the same lines that going overboard, giving LeBron more than one game would have been ridiculous. And I think the league would be cognizant of that as well. I, I, I think ultimately they got this fine. The guys talked about that, you know, some media availability um, on Monday and, you know, it came up again, the idea of this being the kind of moment that, you know, the Lakers can use to come together to, to work through and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you asked a question, I thought, that's kind of related to all of this stuff about like what this means for the Lakers as a pivot moment, not losing one more game with LeBron because we've seen enough of what they are like without him and he's going to be back after that. But just this idea of it being kind of a pivot point or a thing that focuses them. You asked Frank Vogel an interesting question about what the deal is with third quarters. Basically, you kind of WTF Frank with the third quarter. Yeah, and I mean he didn't really answer the question. He more identified Cowards. all this, well, he more identified all the stuff that has been going wrong in the third quarter, which frankly I didn't need him to tell me because say, I, you needed that. I watch all these games. You know, he mentioned that their uh transition defense has been an issue, uh defensive rebounding has been an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, these are things that happened in the other three quarters as well. <laughs> one thing though that he did one thing though that he did uh point out that I do think speaks to either uh, a game plan that is not being followed, guys not listening, a game plan that can't be executed well, whatever. But he did say that they lead the league in mid-range shots in the third quarter. Very specific stat. Also a stat that this particular team does not want to be leading the league in Frankly, in any quarter, much less the third quarter. But right, unless it's Russell Westbrook shooting elbow jumpers from the left side, it's like but, the only one of those. Sure, but I but I think you know that that to me feels emblematic of the stuff that just keeps going wrong in general mm-hmm. in that third quarter. You know, I asked him and he didn't really answer the question um, about whether or not it affects the way you know that he talks to these guys at halftime recognizing that just these third quarters have really been a problem and he didn't directly answer it. You know, I I'm curious, frankly, to know whether or not he feels like he's being heard, like his message is actually getting across to these guys, whatever it is, because one, one problem you can have as a coach, particularly with a veteran team can be guys tuning you out, you know, and not necessarily through any fault of your own, although we're going to get into later on what it means if it's happening, but just after a while, a voice can get stale. It happens to the great coaches, much less a guy like Frank Vogel, who's good, but he's not a legend. I will say, not he's not been around long enough, and the roster is not, you know, has not most of these people have never heard him. So if they're if they're tuning him out because, you know, they're just that that is a very Or he's bad not song. or he's not reaching them. I mean, right, it, whatever you know, it might be, yeah. You know, however you wanna however you want to define it. I asked him too about this like this sort of gap between the expectations that they have uh, of themselves. And this is something they've talked about, like, you know, it takes time, it's got to come together. But very obviously, they feel like they are an elite-level team with elite-level talent. And, you know, elite teams, championship-caliber teams, rightly measure their effort throughout the season because you're like, we got to get through 82, and then we got to go through the playoffs, and you can't go... 110 percent 150 miles an hour in every game you won't you'll burn out you won't make it and you know it was interesting to hear them and frank vogel talk about like this idea that 
the team that they sort of think themselves to be and aspire to be is not the team that they are now. And Andy, you know, you made the point on Monday's show, they have to play like the team that they are, not the team that they expect to be, think themselves to be, whatever it is, until they're that good. And that, I think, is an adjustment that the coaching staff is is working to make. And I really think it's an adjustment the players are trying to figure out. Yeah. I mean, there there is a lot that everybody associated with the Lakers, including, frankly, media and fans as well, I think have to adjust a lot in terms of this team right now, which isn't to say that they can't ultimately be a championship team, even though mm-hmm. it is not off to a good start. No. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. But in terms of where they are right now, you can't either view them or they can't view themselves through the prism of elite contender right now because that's not the way they're playing and it doesn't do anybody any good to do that. Uh, Vogel spoke as well about why he made the change in his defense uh, in his uh, lineup on Sunday uh, in Detroit going back to DeAndre Jordan. He used the word toughness. Uh, and uh, basically in the context, they didn't have enough of it. Um, So that reaction to that and uh, what it means going forward coming up next. Do you hear that sound? And I'm really asking because I cannot figure out how to adjust the volume on that sound effect. But that sound makes me smile, Brian, and it is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Subscription-based software that allows anyone to set up an online store, sell products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using the Shopify POS, the point of sale app, and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with the ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to the Shopify entire suite of features. So grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Um, so there were a couple disappointing things from, um, from Monday's media availability. Um, probably the most disappointing was when he was asked, uh, Frank Vogel was, about uh, whether or not Dwight Howard shooting three-pointers is going to become a regular part of the of the offense. He replied, not likely, uh, right. in a very polite and kind of jovial way. Uh, but that's disappointing. I would like to see the Lakers uh, start relying on the Dwight Howard three-point uh, barrage. He's, he's very good from back there, so... God bless that, uh, whoever that reporter was for asking that ridiculous question. It was question. Michael Corvo. Oh, was it Michael Corvo? It was, Michael it was a Corvo. ridiculous question, but he really asked it straight-faced earnestly. The <laughs> like, clutch points. Um, I mean, he, but he brought this up in part because Dwight hit two threes um, against Detroit in the first half. And on one hand, good for Dwight. And I, I mean this sincerely. Like, he he took both of those threes Without hesitation, one of them was to beat the clock. The other one just, he was open. Heat check. (laughs) Right. I mean, and and I'm glad that he did it. On the other hand, it really speaks to how screwed up the Laker offense was for most of that game when Dwight Howard even gets set up for a three 
because that's not what's supposed to be happening. <laughs> what's he, what's he like, doing there? Why, why Dwight, is he yeah, there? like Dwight Howard ending up ending up anywhere along the arc lets you know something went horribly yeah, what are, what horribly are we wrong. Yeah, you know, your spot check for where the Lakers are in offensive uh, efficiency, according to basketballreference.com, heading into Tuesday's game, 23rd. Uh, actions like that do sort of have a, an explanation for that. Um, the second most disappointing thing, I think, was when Frank Vogel used the word toughness to describe his defense and why he went back to the DeAndre Jordan um, front court uh, on, uh, on Sunday against the Pistons. There was some element of going to New York, who tend to play a little bit bigger, of going to Indiana, where they play a little bit bigger. But really, it was <clears throat> prompted a lot by the giving up 130 points to the Celtics and seeing the Lakers' defensive rating slide down to, you know, they had gotten a high, as high uh, on the BR ratings as 12, and they're back down to, into the bottom third at 20. Um, heading into Tuesday's game. And so, you know, the net rating for the Lakers is uh, 24th. And over the last, I saw a stat that over the last two weeks, it's 26th. Um, they're not playing well. And so as much as I like the small lineup, and I think they are ultimately going to be better that way, um, it's it's not working on the defensive end. It's not really, you know, a lot of things aren't. The big lineup isn't either. Um, but just to hear Vogel talk about a lack of toughness defensively is disturbing uh, because that's not where you want to be, uh, you know, with your coach talking about you that way. Well, he's not satisfied with this roster. I think that is very fair to say. I mean, Frank Vogel is a relentlessly upbeat guy. I mean, he it is very rare when he outwardly criticizes <clears throat> his team. He's a coach that goes out of his way to both get his players' backs but also, too, I think really try to express confidence in his team in ways that doesn't often come through in really pointed criticism. Like he will let you know the things that went wrong, but I think pretty rarely in ways that feel that pointed. You know, like you said, just saying we need to be considerably tougher. You know, I think he is dissatisfied with uh, the roster construction. I don't blame him. This is. This is not the type of roster that you would, I think, ideally give to Frank Vogel in terms of a lot of the things that he wants to do, especially defensively. But at the same time, it's the roster that he has, and he is definitely searching for answers right now. And yeah, I mean, you know, when, I'm sorry, but he brought up Trevor Ariza, for example. Sure. As like until Trevor's back, like we kind of don't have. They, they, he can only do one thing. He one of two things. He can go really big, or he can go kind of really small. And there's not a, there's not an in between lineup in there, and you talk about like satisfaction with the roster and roster construction. What he can do as a defensive coach, you know, when when you are reliant on Trevor Ariza, who I love, but he's you know 37 years old, to be that bridge, and he's your only guy. That's bad roster construction. It is. I mean, I, I will say in terms of trying to give a little bit of credence to what Vogel was saying, it's not really all that dissimilar to the role that Markeith Morris had for them for two seasons, you know, or mm -hmm. a season and a half, I should say, because they brought him in in the buyout market. It worked extremely well the season that they won a title. Markeith did not play as well the following season, but, you know, but the roster wasn't exactly the same that season either. We've talked about this a lot. This roster has been radically changed over three seasons, season to season which is extremely unusual for a team that won a championship. Granted, the context of a lot of this was extremely unusual 
because of the pandemic and the way the the schedules got so off kilter. And both of us felt that last season, Rob Palinka really couldn't have run it back because you you can't have an entire roster that's coming off essentially like a month and a half off season. Like you, you can't do that. No, that's no, not and, an and I, I liked what they did last off season. Um, you know, last off season was radical in some ways, and you know, but not like this one. I think the mistakes they made last year were ones that I didn't so much see coming. Which was just, and and context changes everything. If they win more, a lot of things change. Guys don't get hurt. We, we'll never see what it could have been. But the, the 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 change that I think was underestimated was in adding guys like Trez and adding guys like Schroeder. It's not so much are they players that fit. It's that if you have guys like that who aren't in the same place in their careers, who have big contracts. And I mean, I, I don't sweat anybody for thinking there's a ton of flipping money. These guys work their asses off. And I I don't sweat them at all for being concerned about their next deal. But that has an impact on sort of the rest of the ecosystem that you have. This year, though, is an entirely different proposition where you are introducing a not a guy who's worried about getting paid, but a nuclear bomb in terms of just how your basketball team operates. Even if Russ is doing all the stuff that you want him to do, he's just that individual um, and, and, and singular in how he plays. You know, the, the, you are not overestimating it when you say that you know the Lakers had a tremendous amount of turnovers. Like literally historic. Like no team teams do not do what the Lakers have done over the last couple of years in terms of recasting and recasting and recasting the roster. It has not been done, and you know to some degree you can see why. Well, I mean, at the same time though, this is where we are, and everybody, you know, in terms of adjusting. Their attitudes about the season, adjusting the way they approach things, the way they treat themselves as a team with a lot of either championship experience or just time in the league. It's an extremely veteran group that came into the season feeling very understandably like they could be in that championship mix. And so far, they have not played like that team. And they're going to have to, I think, adjust mentally accordingly, if for no other reason than to make sure that effort and attention to detail is really there in order to get themselves to the place that they see themselves being at. But also too, like, you know, Vogel's going to have to, and we've seen him trying, like, you know, he, he will bust out the zone that all coaches hate to do, but especially defense, uh, defense first coaches. Yeah, absolutely. They they despise it. They, they consider it a cop-out and Vogel has been doing it more this season he did it in Detroit, and for a while, frankly, it was not any better than you know Plan A, Plan B, and Plan C. But you know some of the things that he wants to do with, say, funneling toward you know towards the basket and center, like he's going to have to adjust that because when they're going small, you can't do that. Like it's or quite frankly, when they're going it. big, you just you don't get the same sure. rim protection with DeAndre Jordan. Those but it, are, but especially the coverages, though, yeah. But especially when you're going small, because the counter to it is too obvious. Find a way to pull Anthony Davis from the basket. And once you can do that, there is no back line. And I, I recognize that the equation gets made further when your point of attack defense or help defense, all that stuff among the guards isn't great either. But the gig for Frank Vogel is to figure out how to make it work. And in order to make it work, if it's going to work at all, he's going to have to move outside his comfort zone. He is going to have to change his mentality 
in terms of the principles that he adheres to and the things that he would be looking to do defensively with any roster, because a lot of that I don't think will work with this one. Well, I mean, I think figuring out what I mean, figuring out what works with this group and what doesn't work is obviously a, a significant challenge, particularly when the group isn't intact. Uh, but, but bigger picture, uh, Frank Vogel has found himself near the top of a list that no head coach wants to be on, and we will talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because it's a big business scam out to get you. Don't let these greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or you just forgot about. Like on average, this is shocking. People save up to $720 a year. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions with one tap. They over they have over 2 million users and they've helped them save over $100 million. Again, a lot of money. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Andy, you know what I'm thankful for with the holidays coming up? RockAuto.com. Because I'm not a car guy. Uh, I, I, it's not my specialty. Um, but, you know, I've, I know a couple things here and there, all that, but I'm not comfortable with like DIY car repair. It's not my deal. Um, I don't want to walk into a store and I think I know what I want. And I, I got to ask the guy and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You need this thing or that part. And really what he's trying to do is just steer me into something he's got in the back room that he's been trying to offload on a, on a, on a rube like me. <laughs> a spoiler. For- yeah, for 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 months, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not even so. It's a part for a covered wagon. It's not even a car part, um, you know. But I have a computer in my pocket. I carry it around with me. It's my phone. I got an actual computer at home, uh, and I that gives me access to RockAuto.com. And I'm not going to pay the chain store prices. You know that they have different tiers for professional guys and do-it-yourselfers like me. RockAuto.com's price is the same for everybody, and they're reliably low—20, 30, even 50% lower than chain stores and new car dealership. They have everything from engine control models, modules, and brake parts to tail lamp, motor oil. I know what that is, and even new carpet. I could get new carpet for my for my entire you know, fleet of vehicles. Um, so go to RockAuto.com right now and see the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts a car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. So uh, Luke Walton, old friend alert, was fired by the Sacramento Kings over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> no real big surprise there. It um, is uh, very apropos, Brian, that uh, Luke's last game as the Kings coach, a courtside fan threw up on yes. the court. <laughs> like, um, that, that just feels like chef's kiss about, metaphor about right perfect and you know the goal here is not to you know have the debate on whether or not luke's a good coach this that or whatever but what it does do mm. uh, again it's a, we could do that another day we're not gonna do it today um it it, mm. it breaks the seal and you remember like you know you're in college or whatever and like nobody wants to be the, you know you don't want to go you know like you're drinking and you don't want to go pee because once you do you, you then you're just constantly in the bathroom um the hell are you talking about? You never heard that when you drink a lot of beer or whatever, like after that first beer, when you have to go to the bathroom, all of a sudden you're going to the bathroom all the time. No, though I, I understand breaking how the urinating seal. works, Brian. I, I'm talking the whole college peeing culture. That's that break. It's called breaking the seal. You've, you've heard that expression, haven't you? No. 
Oh no, that okay. Well, then I'm just teaching you something. That's what that's how we that's what we called it. I have no effing idea what you're talking. That's about. breaking when you break the seal. Now you've gone, and now you're gonna you got you're gonna be peeing a lot more. Once the first coach is fired, they all now everybody peeing? feels like they can. <laughs> <laughs> all now all the other teams feel like they can go pee now. They're all gonna be peeing. everybody who feels like they can Boy. you know need to fire their coach can do that. That's just a weird way to just, get here. Yes, <laughs> I'm not and, gonna lie. Just yes and me through this, so we can keep going. Um. Frank Vogel is now the odds are out uh, in 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 Las Vegas on yeah this the from next coach. sport betting AG um, the next coach to be fired uh, Dwayne Casey who has done yeoman's work keeping his job by beating the Lakers on Sunday um, Vogel is 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 two to one Frank Vogel's next three to one um this is not where you want to be if you are Vogel obviously but it's not where you want your coach to be if you're the Lakers because Again, this is where all this speculation comes from at a time when the Lakers legitimately aren't playing well. And, you know, it's not ideal to have to fire your coach in a season like this 20 games in. Um, It is not what the Lakers want to do. It's embarrassing for everyone. And it's difficult to find a replacement that you think can solve the problems that you have because people have jobs. It's the middle of the season. Well, but I mean, here's the thing, though. When when you say that the Lakers don't want to do this, I will I will concede that it's not their first choice to do this right now. But, and this is part of the problem, and this is among the reasons why Frank Vogel would be uh, so high in terms of these odds, the Lakers don't seem like they're a team that is totally averse to firing Frank Vogel because if they did uh, feel that way, they would have given him more than a one-year extension heading into this year when mm-hmm. there had been a lot of uh, questions just like the hell man this guy is literally a year removed from winning a championship under incredibly difficult circumstances and you have a team that is in decidedly win now mode with LeBron and Anthony Davis and now Russell Westbrook why would you allow for the appearances that you don't as an organization necessarily believe wholeheartedly in Frank Vogel, because there is always a chance that players, when they sense that, can feed off it, and Absolutely. there's a trickle-down effect. Absolutely. And the, Laker, the Lakers did very little to dissuade that perception or narrative. Like, I mean, I suppose they could have not given him an extension at all, but a one-year extension feels like you're just trying to half-ass right, without a Right, without a lot of praise attached to it either. No. It wasn't like, you know, no they, fanfare they did the whatsoever. after it. No, I mean, in you know, it it reminds you uh, that Frank Vogel was not their first choice when they hired him. He was their third choice at best, and the process of bringing in Frank Vogel was a complete and unbridled shit show. And I will never forget because I've never seen anything like this before. When you and I went to the press conference uh, announcing Frank Vogel to the media. It was the first time the Lakers had spoken publicly uh, to anyone in the media after Magic quit firing uh, firing uh, Luke Walton or the two of them deciding to mutually part, however you want to put it. Um, you know, a bunch of players hadn't even been made available for media day. They didn't put anybody out from the organization. 
Nope. Like barely anybody asked Frank Vogel a damn question. Everybody wanted to talk with Rob Palinka. Mm-hmm. Frank Vogel was an afterthought at his own press conference, which to his credit, he handled exceptionally well. But Frank Vogel has never seemed like somebody who has the organization's full confidence when things are going extremely well, much less where we are right now. Yeah, it's and it's it's like I, I think it, I think most observers, I, I, I have many of the same questions about Vogel that a lot of people do. I think he's doing his best to adjust to a a very challenging set of circumstances, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, um, and and making this group competent. And this is something that everyone warned about like the idea we we spent a lot of the preseason saying like look if Vogel can get these guys to be a top you know seven eight nine defense like that is a massive achievement that should make him a coach of the year candidate um and so you know every team every fan base everywhere has, has questions about a coach's rotations I think I certainly think the most fair criticism of Vogel is that his uh you know his offensive schemes are not creative they could use more creativity particularly with the the challenges that they have this year, unlocking some of these things, that, that's not something that they've done. And I think that's a totally reasonable criticism. If I were to make a list of the, of the issues that are plaguing the Lakers right now, coaching is not high. Um, I don't think the coach is the problem. I don't think the coach is anywhere near uh, the top of the list, um, even if he is an imperfect fit, as you say. The problem is, it's one of the only things you can fix or not even fix. You can even try to, it's one of the only levers that you can pull because the roster flexibility is very limited. They can't change the players very easily. Um, The GM's not going to fire himself. And so all you're really left with is the coach. I don't think broadly over time, they would improve very much by firing Vogel. I think the players, you get the reaction typical to these situations where the players kind of like jump up, like, you know, pay more attention and and do it because they're embarrassed too, because they know they just cost the guy the job. Um, But I think long term, I don't think firing Vogel solves any of their problems, like genuinely solves them. I don't know if it solves anything, but I'm not sure there's a magic bullet that solves everything all at once anyway. But if it starts feeling like Frank Vogel maybe through no fault of his own, maybe through several faults or somewhere in between, isn't the right match for this team. Unless you're going to punt on the season, you have to try something. And, you know, I've expressed this before. I have concerns that the third quarter issues that this team has been going through all season reflect in some way Frank Vogel not reaching these guys. Sure. And, you know, it may be all on their end. But again, if you need a different voice... It may, it may just be required because you're at this point. And sometimes just the situation starts becoming untenable. Like when when Luke Walton was eventually uh, let go, parted ways mutually, however you want to put it. I remember when we were at The Athletic at the time, I wrote a few pieces about how we had reached a point where you had to fire Luke. You had to go in a different direction because it was so incredibly obvious that Magic had completely lost confidence in Walton. And he often publicly undercut him. Palinka seemed indifferent towards it. LeBron seemed indifferent towards it. And I think Luke is an okay coach. I think over his course with the Lakers, he had some legitimate obstacles. I also don't think he grew much as a coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think the problems began with him, but I don't think he came anywhere close to solving them. But 
after a while, the situation simply was not tenable sure. anymore for him. And we might be reaching that point with Vogel if things don't start turning around soon, not just because they're not winning games, but sometimes they're getting their asses kicked in ways that just don't work for a team set up like this with these type of goals. Again, unless you're just going to punt on the season. Well, I mean, right. And again, it's it's this is a question that you put out there as it's a, in this particular case, I think in this context, it is a sort of move of last resort. You're hoping you can improve your players by sh- firing this shot is basically, and because again, you don't have a lot left, but I will, I'll ask you this and I don't think we have necessarily enough time. But I want to put it out there as something to kind of, to bring up, you know, we talked about Ty Lu. Uh, we've talked about Frank Vogel as your third choice. We've talked about a lot of, you know, the one year extension. I do wonder if there is a point where, despite the fact the Lakers remain a marquee job, I'm not denying that, where the way that they've treated the coaching search, the coaching uh, position over the last few years, you know, in terms of being able to go find that next guy, find the the, the best person, the the whatever the rock star candidate might be, where they put themselves in a difficult position because they made Ty Lue an offer that he almost certainly had to refuse. Um, as a championship guy who's won a championship, and he's certainly, I think, doing a very good job with the Clippers. They made Vogel a semi-insulting extension offer for a guy who just won a title by only giving him the year. Um, And it seems like they are only willing to commit to somebody very short-term for like maybe this little stretch where LeBron and AD are together. They're not going further than that, and it's very difficult to recruit the, the best coaching talent when you're only willing to go to that stretch. And that might reflect what Rob Palenka believes to be the value of coach. Um, But it also does potentially get in the way of things. And I wonder if it will impact them, whether it's uh, this season, I would suspect they would go with somebody like David Fisdale as an interim guy, but certainly in the off season um, and going forward. So it's something to keep an eye on. We can talk. We don't need to have a long discussion. Yes. Yes. Uh, So, um, all right. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Uh, looking forward to, you know, go listen to Locked On Knicks. Get ready for this game on Tuesday. Uh, and uh, Locked On Pacers get you ready for Friday's game as well. And uh, sign up for that Locked On Lakers YouTube channel. See everybody on Wednesday.